0: Today, your next ad campaign might be Fidgetal, a shift in how podcasts are consumed, Instagram's new tools might keep your brand safe from brigading attacks, and Twitter Spaces just got a big new client. It's Friday, July 9th, 2021. Happy Nunavut Day. I'm Todd Maffin from EngageQ Digital, and here's what you missed today in Digital Marketing. So I was poking around a client's Facebook page yesterday. You know that section under organic posts where it tries to talk you into boosting it? Usually it says something like, boost this post for X dollars to reach X more people. This particular post said, you could reach 1,100 people daily by boosting your post for $25. And I thought, $25 and I only get 1,100 people? That's a nearly $23 CPM for a boosted post. A general audience, weekly targeted, no customization reach campaign. It does seem like CPMs have been spiking lately, doesn't it? There's a great tracking site at within.co slash marketing hyphen pulse. that does show a bit of a spike at the end of June, then it came back a little, but it's still much higher than most of June was. I asked people in our podcast Slack community what they're seeing. Omar says iOS 14 is costing us a lot of missed data, and it's driving the cost of our discovery metrics up. Eva said for those Facebook ad sets where we target a broad audience, we've seen an increase in CPM for sure. These have performed well for us before. But not everyone sees that. Fraser reports, we've seen our 14-day average CPM fall by about 15% on Facebook, and Gabriella says the last two weeks they've been stable across the whole funnel and even slightly declining. Remember, social platforms are an auction, so your prices are dependent on who you're targeting and how many other brands want those eyeballs too. By the way, if you're not in our Slack community, you are missing out. More than 450 fellow digital marketers are there waiting to help and lend advice. There's a channel for job postings, for newbie questions, sometimes even exclusive content you'll only get to hear by being in there. Also, we are starting a weekly Zoom every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific. You will only get the links in our Slack or Discord communities. Just go to todayindigital.com slash Slack or tap the link in today's episode notes. By the way, if Discord is more your jam, then hit up todayindigital.com slash Discord or tap the link in the notes. What do you do if you're a struggling shopping center, hurt by the pandemic restrictions, and you're trying to build some revenue up? Sure, you can sell spaces on your signage and your social media accounts, but those deals are usually signed annually. What if you need cash now? Well, you could sell space that doesn't technically exist. That's what the Brookfield Properties Mall Ownership Group is doing, they're selling what they call phygital spaces. That's a combination between physical and digital. Essentially, they're spaces in augmented reality. They're doing it through a partnership with the ARIA network, which will create AR locations in malls, like virtual directories, immersive retail displays, and so on. Spaces that only exist when shoppers are pointing their smartphone camera forward. Quoting MarketingDive.com, Though developed before the pandemic, Fidgetal experiences have received more attention in the past year and a half as retailers seek safe yet fresh ways to engage in-person shoppers. Nike tested the market earlier this year through a recreation of a state park in its New York City flagship store. At a time when mall shopping is declining, Brookfield Properties could use its Fidgetal offering to stir up much-needed interest for its many tenants. Last fall, the real estate subsidiary, laid off 20% of its retail arm. So what does the future hold for retail in a post-COVID world? New findings from Snapchat suggest 35% of U.S. consumers would go out of their way to visit a store if there was some kind of interactive virtual service tied to the experience. Now, let's state the obvious here. Snapchat has huge investments in the augmented reality space, so this finding that they reached through a foresight factory study shouldn't come as a complete surprise. But among the primary discoveries, a third of U.S. consumers say mobile is their preferred way to shop. 60% of millennials won't ever go shopping without their phones. Side note here, only 60%? (laughs) Like, I don't leave the house without my phone. Anyway, 40% of shoppers said they're more likely to purchase if there's some kind of way to virtually try on a product, and half say they missed the social part of in-store shopping. One in five said they would visit a store if there were product experts on the floor to offer personalized advice. An interesting shift may be underway in the way people listen to podcasts. Stitcher's second annual podcasting report has found that the top listening hours have shifted. Used to be people listened mostly to podcasts at the same time that they'd listen to the radio, during peak commuting times. Now, more listening is happening at lunchtime and early afternoon. Also, friends' recommendations remain a huge driver of listenership. The top searched genres are true crime, comedy, sleep, history, and news. Not surprisingly, people under 35 skewed toward comedy and narration, those older toward news and politics. We may be beginning to see Twitter's long-term strategy for its live audio product, which it calls Spaces. Until now, Spaces have really only matched what's offered on Clubhouse. Chat between chatty people. This week, the NFL signed a deal to broadcast play-by-play football via Spaces. They have plans to do at least 20 broadcasts like this in the upcoming season, including special event streams for the Super Bowl and the draft. Twitter's had various deals with the NFL since 2013, but of course this is the first time Spaces has been included. Should be noted, the NFL also has a deal with Clubhouse, on which Twitter's Spaces was cloned, so perhaps the NFL is hedging its bets a little. Also, Twitter is working on a discovery part of Spaces, so you can go searching for interesting live video to listen to. Right now, you have to be following someone and hope they do a space for it to show up. In the standoff between Twitter and the government of India, one party has now blinked first. That party... Twitter. The company this week has agreed to comply with new Indian regulations on content removals and censorship. India had threatened to remove the protection Twitter enjoys over content posted by its users. In fact, this past Tuesday, the Indian government announced Twitter would no longer be granted liability protection against user-generated content. After that, Twitter then announced it would uphold the new regulations. They also agreed to appoint a chief compliance officer and open an office in India. India has in the past demanded the platform remove certain content and reports say those demands have increased dramatically in the last year or so, including threats to imprison local Twitter employees. For instance, last year it demanded Twitter block accounts linked to protests by local farmers. First, Twitter did indeed block those accounts, then they backtracked, citing free speech concerns. Most of the takedown requests from the Indian government were against accounts that had been critical of the country's prime minister. Twitter has some big goals for global user growth, goals that, if unmet, could very well cost Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey his job. Last year, shareholders threatened to oust him. So making sure India is on board is an important key to that. So this was awkward. Earlier this week, a young woman applied to be an affiliate for a fashion brand. The brand's vice president replied internally, telling his staff the woman wasn't a fit and wasn't even... All that cute. His words. At least he thought he was replying internally. Uh, unfortunately, the sorry bastard hit reply all and included said young woman in the thread. And she did what you would expect. She posted it on social media. On TikTok, in fact. And that is all it took to sync the brand's Google review ratings. People also stormed their Instagram channel, posting comments on their products like, It's a terrible color, and it's not even all that cute. This is one of the downsides to being a big brand on social media. You're a big target when things go wrong. And that could open you up to brigading attacks like that one. Hundreds, maybe thousands of people storming your channels to comment. To help combat that kind of brigading, Instagram is testing a kind of brand safety tool to help keep those masses at bay. Some Instagram accounts now have a section within their privacy settings called Limits... That will let you temporarily limit certain people from posting comments or sending DMs. For instance, you can prevent accounts that don't follow you from posting. And I know you're thinking, well, people will just follow, post something, then unfollow. For that, Instagram will also let you block people who have been new followers within the last week. This is not, sadly, a set it and forget it. Your settings will go back to normal after a period of time. You can choose that period of time. It looks like the options range from one day to four weeks. This is just a test for now. No word if they'll roll this out to all of us. By the way, I did an ad on my TikTok account today for this interesting influencer marketing platform. It's not one of the billions that help you find influencers. This one has more than a million case studies on recently done Instagram and TikTok influencer campaigns. The idea is you look up other brands in your space. It'll show you a whack of successful campaigns, including how much the brand paid, how the quality of the audience growth increased, what the CPE costs were. It's sort of like the Facebook library, but for influencer campaigns and with a lot more data. If you want to check it out, it's at winkyaxe.com. That's winky axe.com. It's free to check out their catalog of case studies. Going into a weekend, it looks like it's going to be hot on the West Coast again, so try to stay cool. Nothing else here to tell you. Talk to you on Monday. Ce soir, la lune est grande. La salle est pleine, pleine d'amants. Qu'il attend d'une chanson, promette au monde qu'ils s'aimeront. J'étais bien,
1: tu étais bien, nous étions deux.